Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. The Bible is the single most important book in history. It is the very words of God put on paper. In this podcast, we will walk through the pages of His Word as we seek to understand His message to us. In Isaiah 55, 11, God says, My word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper where I send it. As we study His Word, He will accomplish within us what He desires. That is our prayer. That is the journey. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says this, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And then verse 17, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. You know, we've, I've named this podcast Journey Through the Bible, and that's exactly what we've done. We've been journeying through the Bible, verse by verse, thought by thought, chapter by chapter, through everything we've been through. Uh, today, we're going to take a little break from the exegetical um, approach, and it's going to be the first in a series of discussions that I have with some very special friends with my, of mine uh, on the nature of Scripture and how we relate to Scripture. And so today, I'm so, so overwhelmingly excited to have my friend Brandon Burkhalter on the show with me today. Uh, he, he and I met uh, about, no, it was over 10 years ago, probably probably 15 years ago, and he has just been a, a phenomenal friend to me. It's going to sound a little different um, through my podcast host. Uh, the only way I was able to do like a group recording, uh, because he is thousands of miles away at the moment, as you will hear, uh, is was through our recording through our phone. So it wasn't uh, I wasn't able to use my microphone, but you'll be able to hear everything clearly. And I just pray uh, that God blesses you uh, through this discussion. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. I am so excited about this episode. Uh, this is going to be the first in a series of episodes where we are talking about uh, really Scripture itself, the importance of Scripture, the practical effects that Scripture has on our life, uh, and, and a few other topics. So I'm, I'm just so excited uh, to do this. It's going to be discussion-based. Um, I'm here with a friend today. I'll introduce him in just a moment. Um, but each of these are going to be a discussion-based where I have a guest, and we just really dive into uh, some of these really important important topic. So today, I have one of my really good friends. I met him, oh, it's been over 10, 12 years ago. I met him at Chick-fil-A in South Carolina, and we just uh, became really good friends. And And God has used him in my life to uh, speak encouragement and just that iron sharpen, sharpens iron aspect uh, for, for me. So his name is Brandon. And uh, so I'm going to have him uh, tell you a little bit about himself here in just a moment, and also what he's been doing. He is currently in Romania on a missions trip, and God is using him uh, to build connections and really just do some great work in Romania. So, Brandon, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and then just talk a little bit about what you're doing in Romania. Uh, thanks, Josh. Uh, like Josh said, him and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, my name is Brandon Burkhalter, and uh, I live in Greenville, South Carolina. I serve at my church there as the music leader and the student pastor. Um, 
I've been doing ministry for a long time, uh, 15 years plus in some capacity. And as Josh said, I am currently in Romania uh, with a ministry that the Lord has stewarded me with primarily to a prison, a juvenile prison where we meet bi-weekly with uh, teenage boys probably between the ages of 14 and 21 that have committed crimes um, and majority of them have some religious background but majority of them are unbelieving uh, people and they just need encouragement they need uh, someone to listen to their stories and listen to how their lives are um, but mostly they need the gospel of Jesus Christ to transform them out of darkness into light. And today we actually had a really successful meeting with the director about the future of the ministry in the prison. And we praise the Lord for that. Absolutely. It was wonderful to um, wake up this morning. I'm in Arizona, and so I'm about 10 hours behind you. Uh, so it was wonderful to wake up this morning to that that good report uh, that you had a great meeting today with with the prison and God just uh, gave you guys open doors um, and that is that is the work of Jesus working through through you through you and the people there in Romania and we're just praying for lasting fruit uh, through that through that um, connection. And Josh has been him and his church has been supporters of this ministry in prayer and encouragement and other ways. Uh, from almost the very beginning. So uh, to echo the sentiment that he mentioned earlier, uh, his friendship has meant uh, more to me because it is a, a relationship that we have as brothers in Christ where we do influence each other in how we uh, read the Bible, how we interact with people from different faith backgrounds, and how we have uh, created this partnership in this ministry to Romania. Because, I mean, what you and your church do is as important as what I'm doing here right now. Absolutely. And we'll have in the uh, in the show notes um, a, a way to, to connect with, with your ministry and to support your ministry if people listening feel uh, feel led to do so. Um, so that will all be in the, in the show notes. But as, as you said, you, you mentioned a few a few moments ago, uh, you know, our friendship has has been been unique because we do come from from different backgrounds. Um, so I come from a, a Pentecostal background um, from from day one of my existence on this planet. Uh, I've I've been part of a uh, a Pentecostal pastoral family, and so you know all that um, all that goes into you know the the gifts of the Spirit and and how the Holy Spirit works uh, in our lives today. Uh, Brandon, what's what's your background? Uh, the faith tradition that I grew up in would primarily be Southern Baptist. So what in the world is a Pentecostal and a Southern Baptist doing doing a, a podcast together here? Well, that's a that's the beauty of Scripture. And that's exactly why we wanted to do this podcast is because when you let Scripture say what it says. We're not really that far apart as as one would believe, um, because Letting scripture say what scripture says and letting scripture be the only thing that speaks into doctrine and 
how you live your life. It, it, it makes, it makes a difference. And that, that's a journey that both, both of us, um, can share and we'll share here in a little bit about how kind of we've, we've journeyed through, through our, you know, through our faith in Jesus and through talking with each other and talking to other people and just as the Lord has built us up, um, you know, together and through his word. Um, it it really makes a difference. It, it really impacts us and really it really changes us. And so today we're really hitting the the sufficiency of Scripture for doctrine and for all of life. In the introduction, I read Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen, and we really we really believe this: that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And then I love verse 17, that the man of God may be complete. Right? Scripture gives us everything that we need to be complete in doctrine, in righteousness, in rebuke, in correction. All of that is found entirely and fully within Scripture. And through that, we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work in verse 17. So I'm going to start off, you know, describing my journey a little bit. And then, Brandon, I'm going to have you do a little bit of the same. Um, you know, my, my journey from what I call from relying on traditions to relying on scripture. And it's, it's really this this journey from or not journey from, but journey to a thorough understanding and a thorough foundation on sola scriptura. That's the that's the phrase that the theologians have put on it. But it's the idea that scripture is the only authoritative, divinely inspired work that we can base our life off of. Now, I grew up in a Pentecostal background, and you know, grow, growing up, you know. In the Pentecostal background, there's a lot of focus on the Holy Spirit, on the work of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of focus on the the gifts of the Spirit. And sometimes that produces um, some some excess. If you're if you're not careful and if you're not really rooted in the word of God, that can provide some some excess. And so for me, kind of the the moment of marcation, if you if you can put it that way for me was was time I spent in South Carolina and I, you know, I just saw some some excesses um, and really just saw some things that I'm like, I'm not so sure that that would make uh, make Jesus happy. And through that, that was really kind of the thing for me that pushed me to rely fully and only on the word of God for you know, really for for everything, for what I believe, for how I believe, for how I live my life. Um, and and that was also when our relationship started, when our friendship started. Um, you you had a hand in that, Brandon. Was was there a moment like that for you? Uh, yes. So I would say growing up in the churches that I did, and I would I would say that we both would agree that we have godly parents who love the Lord and uh, spent their lives leading us towards Jesus. Um, so I grew up in uh, a loving home that was, uh, going to church and everything that you said and, and Baptist churches. 
And I would say that as I developed spiritually, it was more of building my own faith around a set of rules to follow. Um, in, in Baptist churches, it's really easy to become what we would call legalistic. Um, that, that's true for, for my, uh, uh, for my background as well. And, uh, as I grew older, um, and became, uh, more involved in, in things in church and, and learning about the Bible, I saw some inconsistencies in, in some of the ways that had been communicated to me certain subjects in the Bible. Uh, so it made me curious, um, on what are some other things that might be inconsistent or incomplete. Honestly, the moment that sticks out in my mind the most is uh, my best friend was turning 21 and he was just going to go to the gas station after um uh, after church on Wednesday night and just buy a beer because he was 21 and he could do it. And because of how I was raised on uh, believing the consumption of alcohol is like there's things that you just don't do. You don't curse or smoke or drink or hang out with people that do is like a southern saying. Uh, and these are like the three unforgivable sins almost. And we got into the worst argument of our friendship. I went to scripture to find things to use against him because I was angry. And what ended up happening was I read scripture and was convicted to see I was wrong. And I had to come back and apologize and you know reconciled that relationship that we had in that argument and honestly from that moment on i became more serious in my study of scripture to allow it to shape my mind instead of me being right or wrong about something to understand what was actually true that's good i think you said something um tremendously important that you read scripture, you studied scripture, and then you had to come to a point where you realized you were wrong based on scripture. And that, that requires a tremendous amount of humility, uh, tremendous, just a tremendous amount of character because we don't like being wrong. But what did, would our lives look like if that's how we read scripture all the time? I mean, what if that's how we read scripture and it's like, we're not bringing our preconceived ideas or preconceived notions or preconceived traditions into our reading of scripture, but we really are just letting scripture say what it says. Um, and that's, 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 and that's, and that's a complicated thing, honestly, though, in, in some ways, because there are so many different interpretations in the world. But I think that the, the idea that you have to come to first, if you're ever going to have a discussion with anyone is, are you submitting to the authority of scripture and not the authority of your interpretation? 
yes. or the authority of some traditions as you were talking about. Uh, how I talk about this with my students is um, I don't care if I am right or wrong when it comes to scripture. If I am wrong, I pray that the Lord would show me the truth and that it would change my mind. If I am right, I pray that the Lord would humble me and not uh, my response be having an attitude of, yes, I was right about this. Ha ha. But rather a, a humble response of thank you, God, for instilling instilling this truth in me and allowing me to see it for what it is actually saying. And I think that, um, you know, I, I want to be I want to be careful. You said this, you know, there is a little kind of there is a line to, to play here. Or a, it can be can be a little trick, tricky. We, we don't want to say that we throw away all tradition or we throw away tradition just for the sake of it being tradition, because church tradition does have a safeguard or does have a role to play in safeguarding the truth of Scripture. Um, that there is a role within the church that church history plays in us interpreting scripture. And so I, I want us to, you know, I want the listeners to under, understand that that is a role in scriptural interpretation. You know, if I open up scripture and I read it and I'm interpreting it in a way that has never been interpreted in the last 2000 years of church history, that, that should give me pause. Yes, that, that that should give me a reason to slow down and say, you know what, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm not seeing something that should be there or maybe I'm seeing something that isn't there. And so I, I think that, you know, that that is, you know, there, there is a, a line to draw in the sand, so to speak, where there is a kind of a, a balancing act we have to to play. You know, we, we do want the scripture to say what it says. But, you know, church tradition, uh, church history does play a role in kind of safeguarding. Uh, scriptural uh, interpretation. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yes, I think that that's extraordinarily important because there are uh, people in history who are much wiser and smarter than I'll ever be in my life, no matter how much time I uh, put into the study of scripture, that have uh, put in the work so that those that have come after them would not have as difficult of time of understanding what has been rendered by those who have come before. Uh, there have been uh, meetings, you know, that have caused divisions yeah. across time, but there have been meetings that have also pointed out heresies Mm -hmm. that have held true for thousands of years or hundreds of years. So I think that it's extraordinarily important to look back uh, to all the people who have put in the work of interpreting Scripture and setting an historical precedent for how the church exists uh, under the authority of Scripture. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and you know, I think it's it's important for us to understand, you know, we're 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 not living this Christian life in a bubble, and we're not reading scripture in a bubble. Um we're not the only ones to have read it. And so just as you said, I mean, God has worked through 
um, the the minds and and time and thoughts of people throughout history to help us understand his word and to help clarify um, what what he's saying to us because that's so it's so important that that we read the Bible and it's important that we understand Scripture and it's important that we are that we properly understand Scripture. You know, just go back to to Second Timothy. You know, verse 16, again, all, all scripture is given by inspiration of God or it's it's breathed out by God. It is given to us by God himself. It is a revelation of himself to us. And so it should be of utmost importance to each of us that we read this and we understand what God is saying to us, because this is God's revelation of himself to us. And if we go down to chapter four, verse three tells us why this is so important. It's so important for us to understand that scripture is breathed out by God. It is inspired by God and it is useful for doctrine, for rebuke, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Because in verse three of chapter four, he tells us what happens if we don't grasp that concept. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And the only antidote he gives us in here is to know the word, right? Is, is to, is to know scripture. And he's saying, Hey, he's talking to Timothy. Paul's talking to Timothy. He says, preach the word. Make sure people understand the word because there's a time coming when people are not going to endure sound doctrine, but they're going to want things that make them feel good. And I think if if there is any time throughout history where we can say verse three and verse four have come alive, it, it, it is today. And that's it's sobering to see how easy it is for that for that to happen. It's it's really shocking and and saddening to to see how it is so easy to listen to teaching or to find teaching or you know to even kind of find yourself embedded in the teaching that just makes makes everything so so simple and makes god's grace so so cheap and that's that's a lot of what I see um, in in our in our world today. So we we have to we have to read scripture and understand scripture for what it is. Um, so I think one of the primary uh, elements that causes this to happen throughout history is uh, using culture, whether it's a church culture or a popular culture in modernity or history to be the primary hermeneutic on how we translate scripture Hmm. and how we interpret it. Um, Mankind has been coming up with their own version of what is good or moral or bad or immoral, you know, for all of time. So there has to be some sort of objective standard that is used and it's really easy as you say, we don't live in a bubble. We live in a culture. And it is easy um, to look out into the world and have the, your worldview lens say, 
I'm going to use my my world that I exist in to interpret scripture instead of using scripture to interpret the world. Yeah, I think that's something, you know, something we see to, you know, just to point out something point blank. You know, we see that in America in in this whole you know, prosperity gospel is a huge, huge aspect of what we've seen come out of America. Um, you know, cheap grace and, you know, Jesus just wants to be my friend and there's really no uh, no need for teaching on on sin or judgment or anything. That's that's something that has arisen out of America because. We, we we live in quite a comfortable culture. We live in quite a comfortable environment. And so, unfortunately, we have allowed our interpretation of Scripture to follow the comfort of our environment uh, and not proper application of, of of scriptural interpretation, which is which is a shame. And so I just want, you know, like that's one of the things I wanted to, want to get out of this conversation is just it is so important that we know Scripture. Because it is so easy. Because there is this war within us between the flesh and the spirit. There is this war between the flesh where we want the things that make us feel good. We want the things that make us happy. We want the things that, you know, just make us happy. And then there's the spirit that wants to be connected with God, that 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 communion with God. And there's this war within us. And so many times it's so easy to try to, instead of fighting the flesh, we want to appease the flesh. And so we apply bad hermeneutics of scripture. And that's where stuff like prosperity gospel has just kind of made its, made its foothold because it makes us feel good. It satisfies the desires of the flesh in a seemingly quote unquote biblical way. And I mean that that's that's just there's so many examples we we could dive into, but you know, that's one particularly in my um in my kind of field the Pentecostal charismatic um history that's that's something that has arisen out of that and it's like guys that's that's not what Scripture says and that's it's bad hermeneutics. Um, so how do how do we make sure we're viewing Scripture through proper lenses? Like like how do we battle? Uh, you know, just just kind of that idea where where we're trying to appease our flesh and we, so we want to make it feel good. How how do we battle that? How do we make sure that we're looking at scripture and letting it say what it says, even when it's hard? Well, uh, again, some when I teach my students, I ask them this question as like a catechism. Uh, do we read scripture or do we study scripture? And if they remember my answer that I give them in scripture is to be studied, not just read. It takes work. I mean, this is something that we, if we are true followers of Jesus Christ, we have been invited into repentance and belief through the gospel to new creation life. And he has revealed himself through scripture in the person of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, for us to see the way. I mean, the Psalter, the Proverbs, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Romans uh, chapter 12, the fruits of the Spirit. We see the ways to walk in God. This is a way of life. This is not just 
something to read and a rule book to say these are the good things that we follow and these are the bad things that we follow. Uh, this is something to surrender your life to daily and be transformed more into the image of Christ by walking in the way of Christ, kingdom gospel living. And if you're going to be good at something, um, we're both musicians. You play piano primarily and I play guitar. If I'm going to be good at my craft, I have to study it and practice it, not just occasionally, but all the time. If I'm really going to progress and becoming better at my craft, um, and this applies across uh, many fields of, of work and, and in many fields of study, if this is something that you're dedicating any part of your life to, it takes study. And this is our life that we represent to the world as those who follow Christ as his disciples. And if this is the case, we must dedicate study to understanding how do we live this life in the world that we exist. That, that brings to mind something, and if you've listened to uh, my podcast uh, for uh, for some time now, you'll remember this from one of the episodes on Ephesians, uh, but my, my nephew, he brought this wonderful statement one week. He said, you practice what you want to become better at. You, you practice what you want to become better better at, and that, that's not exactly a word-for-word quote, but it's a, it's a thought-for-thought quote, and, you know, as we, as we talk about, you know, making sure that we're seeing scripture for what it is and, and understanding scripture for, for what it is, you know, that study, you know, I, I don't have the passage in front of me, what Paul tells Timothy elsewhere, he says, study to show yourself approved. That's, that's huge. You mentioned Romans chapter 12. And so I just, I just wanted to go over there to, to Romans chapter 12, particularly the first two verses. And Paul says that I, I beseech you or I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Uh, some other translations why they're your, your reasonable act of worship. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I want to I just kind of bring out a little thought on that word renewing, and be transformed by the renewing, the whole thought there. In the Greek, that word for transformed, be transformed, is not something that we do ourselves. In the Greek, it's it gives the sense that it is something that we are allowing to happen to us. And, and you, you mentioned, you know, that our need to surrender ourselves, and that's exactly that's exactly what Paul is saying here in verse two, right? Surrender yourself, allow yourself to be transformed by whom? By by God. And that transformation of our mind that God wants to do happens through his word. Because this his word is his revelation of himself to us. So we, we have to surrender to that process and allow God to transform our mind, transform our way, our way of thinking. Because that's a, that's an act of worship to the Lord. That's an act of worship to him as we allow ourselves to be transformed because that you know we're saved we're saved in an instant but that transformation process that process that 
that sanctification process, that process where I'm learning to walk out my salvation, where I'm learning to walk as a saved man, that comes throughout time. And I'm not going to be perfected. I'm not going to be fully there until I cross eternity. That is when when it happens. And so from this point to to that point, I'm consistently and constantly growing. I'm consistently and constantly surrendering myself and allowing the Holy Spirit of God to work, to work inside of me and work through me to transform my way of thinking. And so it's it's a process of surrender. And that's why it's so important, you know. I mean, I know I, growing up, uh, so many times I, I heard, as you as you study scripture, read and you know, pray as you read, pray before you read, pray after you read, because the Holy Spirit works through the Word of God. The Holy Spirit speaks through the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts through. The word of God. And so we, and we want to come, come into our reading, not in a laissez faire way, but we want to come into our reading of, of scripture. Lord, open my eyes. Help me to see what you are saying. Help me to understand what you are saying. We want to pray as we are reading. Lord, open my eyes. Let me see what you are saying. And we want to pray after we read. Lord, help me. To hold on to what you are saying to me. Help me to, to change my life, change my thinking, change my actions in accordance to your word. It, it, it all is, it works together. The Holy Spirit and the word of God and prayer, that communion with God, it all works together to, you know, to help us on our, on our, on our faith journey to Jesus. If we want to uh, continue to be Bible nerdy uh, in Romans 12, I would love that. Uh, that that first part where it says it is your reasonable act of worship. The fullness of that text is saying it is the only logical response that you possess as one who has been conformed, redeemed. It's to respond in worship hmm. by the will of God and walking in the ways of God. It's the only rational response that you possess. Wow. So if you respond in any other way, you are acting outside of your rational mind. Jeremiah chapter 31 and Hebrews chapter 10, God promised his people and uses Hebrews chapter 10 to show that he fulfilled this promise that the law was written on the hearts of men by the coming of the Holy Spirit. This is the fulfillment of the promise. We just celebrated here in Romania, uh, Pentecost. I actually got to preach uh, three times, had the honor to do so three times uh, this past weekend on, on Pentecost, on Acts chapter 2, and the Holy Spirit coming and completing the harvest by one of the results is writing the law of God on the hearts of men. So we have been transformed out of darkness into light. We have been illuminated. Our minds have been conformed uh, to the things of God over time, over study. And as we grow in the Lord, it is outside of our minds 
outside of our rational minds to respond any other way. That's the, that, and that's, that's all we have. Like is worship is giving God what he is worth. Giving God all of us. That's the only thing. I love that. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that insight. So what oh, do you, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So what, what do you do when, you know, so obviously, you know, so we've, we've not spent a whole lot of time on talking about kind of like the specifics of, of our backgrounds. You know, there's, there's some differences in, in our backgrounds. What, what, what happens when you don't see eye to eye? On interpretation of scripture, how how do we walk? How do you walk that out? Because um, we we've had to do that some, and and I, I think the the wonderful thing is as we've done that, we've actually realized, you know what, we're not we're we're not really on different planes. We're actually all in the in the same boat. But there's going to be some times, and there's going to be some topics, you know, where we can't come to an agreement. Uh, what what do you do in those moments? Well, I would say that. Using our friendship as an example, in the beginning of our friendship, we were both young, fiery, and arrogant. Yep. Uh, thinking that we knew everything about everything and that the way that we were taught or the way that we thought about these things was the only right way. Uh, because our two faith traditions do have, uh, different, uh, longstanding traditional interpretations of certain things that are opposed to each other and uh to to take a little side note i would say that uh, i think we've even said to this to each other before the baptists have not paid enough attention to the holy spirit and the pentecostals have paid too much attention to the holy spirit uh over over time and so one of the things that we did as friends we decided that there were certain subjects we weren't going to discuss because we knew that they were going to end up in an argument or a fight and it wasn't going to get anywhere. And honestly, at that time in our lives, we weren't prepared to have those conversations anyways. Yeah, absolutely. But as our friendship has grown and as we have grown more mature in scripture, as we have grown more mature in uh, being able to have civil discourse with people, we did approach those conversations on hours-long phone calls at a time uh, about speaking in tongues, about spiritual gifts, um, about other issues within our faith traditions that, uh, cause, uh, separation in, in the denominations. And it is amazing that, as you said, when we would come to the end of these discussions, we would pretty much be like exactly eye to eye on all these things now, how we have ventured outside of our faith tradition and more into the truth of scripture on these things where we can see the fullness of it. So uh, I would say when you come to those things in friendship, it's easier, I think, to humble yourself. But if you're having this discussion with someone that you're not friends with, or if you're having these type of talks with people 
who see things totally different than you, there are some ground rules that you have to set. Yep. You have to define your terms. You have to uh, agree that you're defining certain words the same way. Because if you're not, you're having two different discussions. You also have to agree that the goal of this discussion is not to change each other's mind. The goal of this discussion is to gain an understanding of how each other sees the issue or the subject or the doctrine. Yeah. I think that's that at the the end of the discussion. If you are still in disagreement, you have to be okay with that. Because there, there is one thing that is clear and there's more than one thing, but in, in regards to this, like unity, like we know for a fact that unity is essential. And so when we come there, there's going to be some things. And, and, and you mentioned, you know, like, like speaking in tongues and, and the gifts of the spirit. I mean, some of those conversations we had were just so fruitful, um, for both of us. And because, because again, with, you know, with historically, you know, how the Baptists have, have dealt with the Holy Spirit and historically how the Pentecostal church has, has dealt with the Holy Spirit. It's two different ways and, and both extremes can, can be unhealthy. Yes. And so because we were able to, talk and because we were able to kind of converse and share each of our thoughts, we were both able to help sharpen each other to a point where, yeah, there's there's some excesses on both sides of the issue, but the fact it remains that the Holy Spirit does work, right? The Holy Spirit does still, he, he is still active uh, today, 2,000 years after after Pentecost. And that happens that happens so much. You know, we, you mentioned we were, we were combative, uh, you know, 15 years ago. And that, that is, that is so true. But, you know, I just thanks, thanks be to God that he has just allowed us to mature where we can have those discussions. Um, and there's going to be some times where we, we still disagree, but. In those we're moments. on one of those right now. You yes. and I are on one of those. Absolutely. Curves. I mean, how many conversations have we had in the, over the last, you know, six months on that? Um, and, and we're still, you know, we're still a slightly, you know, we're close, but we're still slightly, slightly differing on that. But yeah, and in the end, we honestly might come to, you know, what we just have to agree to disagree when it comes down as we go down into the fine uh, tooth comb of this. But the thing that we are doing is we're treating each other fairly. And we're using scripture as the barometer, as the guide. Exactly. And I think that both of us uh, have been moved uh, off of our stance a little bit to see that, okay, I think I'm getting a, a, a more complete picture of how uh, he sees it or – and I think that maybe he's a little bit right here. You know, I think that that's happening even still in our current uh, debate that we're having on a certain yeah, issue. Absolutely. And that's, you know, and that requires, I mean, I remember the moment we were sitting at the Cheesecake Factory in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, was that back in December or January? In December, uh, that, I think. Yeah, yeah we, we were talking about it. And I remember the moment where I had to make a conscious choice, like, because cause my initial reaction was, Never. No, like that's not, you know, but I had to make a choice. I'm like, no, that's not going to be my response. My response has to be, well, if the Bible says something different than what I've thought, then I have to, you know, I have to change. And you know, we're still talking through that. Um, but we do so in a spirit of unity. We do it in a spirit of, of love. Um, 
you know, our, our love for each other as brothers in Christ has not, has not changed. Um, but I think it's actually increased because we've been able to, uh, you know, Hey, I think, you know, I think scripture is saying this. I, I don't know if that's what it's saying and, and just really sharpening our, our ability to look at scripture for what it is through that, which I'm eternally grateful for. Yes. Um, you know, with, with, with that being said, there, there are some non-negotiables. Um, you know, there, there are some things that if we think a little differently, it's not going to have an eternal difference. Um, but there are, there are some non-negotiables in scripture that I'm not sure we should really ever entertain a, uh, an alternative discussion. That is, you know, the sufficiency, you know, there, there are some things for me like the sufficiency of scripture, which is exactly what we're talking about today, that the scripture is the only divinely inspired word of God. There is no other, um, there, there is no other inspired message of any form or fashion that we can put on the level of, of the word of God. I think Jesus being who he is, being the son of God, being the only sacrifice for sin, being the all sufficient sacrifice for sin. I think that's a non-negotiable, um, what what are some non-negotiables that you that you think just as you know as people are listening to us there there are some things that you know we have to accept this and there's really no room for you know for alternative viewpoints. Um, I would go f- uh, a step further with the solo scriptor and say solo scriptor and total scriptor, meaning as we submit to the authority of scripture as the only revelation of God that we possess um, that it is the total uh, the Bible project they say we believe the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus so we let it the scripture interpret scripture um, I think that that further like puts the nail in the coffin uh, to use a phrase uh, on that um, with the atonement, there are six working atonement theories. Um, I am a part of a, a Facebook group and I listen to a podcast that is uh, uh, liberal Christianity. And I listen to this because I don't agree doctrinally or theologically with the majority of what is discussed or how it's discussed. But I want to understand why all these people who are coming from the same backgrounds that I'm coming from and that you're coming from are making these decisions and changes. Uh, and with the atonement, they, they lay out one of the podcasts lays out six atonement theories. And it was so easy for me to see that all the theories put together completes the picture. So I think that you cannot take away anything from the atonement that is in Scripture. Uh, because if you do, it just kind of unravels. Um, uh, so just on the two that you mentioned, I th- just to go a little bit further in those. Uh, I mean, another one would be virgin birth. Yep. The other one would be that... The Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, spoke and it came into being. Um, that 
I mean, we can talk about there's the Bible is not a science book. So using it for scientific arguments is tricky and I think has been done wrongly on many sides. Yeah. So I don't even want to get into that. I'm just That's saying another that. podcast on itself there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that the Lord God is the only God. Yes. And that he spoke all things into being and that he did that through Jesus Christ and nothing that was made was made except through Jesus. I think that the Trinity, if you don't have an understanding of the Trinity, and this is going to be a very uh, <laughs> uh, in-your-face statement, but I think that okay if you can't agree, agree with the Trinity as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how it is uh, implied and pretty directly described, I think, in many places of Scripture, then I don't think that you can be a Christian. Absolutely. Um, um, so, I mean, there's there's that. Well, I think for that, you know, it's, um, it's impossible. You know, I mean, the, the whole thing of the gospel is we are being reconciled to the Father through Jesus Christ by the working of the Holy Spirit. You know, there, there is the whole Trinity working our salvation. And so, absolutely, I, I, I agree 100 percent. Um with with the Trinity being one of those non-negotiables. I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, on the top of my head, if like we were to talk about this for 10 minutes, we could probably come up with almost all of them. Yeah. Yep. But the person of Jesus Christ, the, the person of the Trinity, uh, the incarnation of Christ, mm-hmm. Uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection and the ascension of Christ on how the Bible has has taught it. These are things that are even across Orthodox, uh, Catholicism, Protestantism. These things are held historically the same. Yeah. Um, there are things that divide us that, you know, are honestly unreconcilable within Eastern Orthodox and Catholicism and Protestantism. And then once you get into Protestantism, it's like splintered <laughs> into all these, uh, all these, uh, in my, in my mind, there's some, most of it's open handed issues, but a lot of it, there's some of it that's not. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, we could make a, a comprehensive list of these things, but I, I think that we've talked about like the major ones. Yeah, no, I I agree, and and I think just to kind of bring bring it all together, just just I, I hope that through our discussion that we've we've brought across the importance of of submitting ourselves to Scripture, of submitting our ideologies to Scripture, submitting our traditions to Scripture, um, because Scripture is the only, the full, the total authority for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. It is an all-inclusive roadmap of God's revelation. And that's that's something, you know, I, I'll say this, but I, I don't want to go too far into it. You know, there's a, um, there is a, a group of people in California, and they have the saying that Scripture is a compass, not a roadmap. And I think that is something we must fight against tooth and nail because it is all inclusive. What scripture says is what scripture says. And there is no further need for a divinely inspired revelation because he gave it to all to us within the pages of Genesis to revelations. And so I hope that we've been able to do that um, 
you know, I hope our listeners have, have enjoyed this. I really appreciate you, you coming on, Brent. Is there, is there anything else that you want to, to want to say, you know, before we kind of bring this in for a landing? And, and I think that this conversation is like a surface level generalized conversation. Absolutely. To have people that are interested in this or have questions about this or have had problems of this with family members or friends or as you say, you see in America, uh, on the right side and on the left side of religion and politics, you see, uh, scripture being trampled upon or thrown away or being weaponized in a way that is not godly. Yes. So I would, I would use this conversation for two things as an opening of your mind to exploring the things that we've talked about because it's not comprehensive. To know that so many smarter people have done the theological and doctrinal work to create faithful tools on the Internet where you can actually study scripture in its original language, the lexicons and everything and grasp it. Uh, And that within your Christian friendships, challenge one another. Don't just go along in your church with what your pastor says just because your pastor is saying it or within your friendships if you read something in scripture and it like sends off flares in your mind like whoa this is i'm reading this differently than i've ever been taught or oh is this right or is this wrong go to someone who's wiser than you or some one of your peers and start talking about it but do it with an a humble heart knowing that you may still disagree and that this journey that you're about to go into is for the whole of your life. And that's what I'm so thankful for, for our friendship because interpretation cannot happen in isolation. That's, that's where, that's where there's so much danger is when we try is when we start interpreting scripture in in isolation, whether we are isolating ourselves or even isolating a verse, right? There, there, Bad things happen in, in isolated interpretation. And so just your, that, that admonition to, yeah, go, go to a friend, go to a, go to someone else who has studied or, you know, just go to someone and talk it out because in, in isolation is when sometimes, oftentimes we get ourselves in trouble is, is in the isolation. So that's some, some great advice. Um, well, Brandon, this has been fun. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, and I hope our listeners have. I've been praying, praying for you, praying with you uh, during your time in Romania. Again, for for our listeners, if if that is something you want to uh, know more about, just just reach out to me. Uh, you can go to uh, my website, revival-america.com. You can contact me there, and you know I will get any information that you would like to have to you. Um, and we'll have some other uh, other information in the show notes. And and now, just we're going to end. Uh, we would I would like us to end in prayer. Uh, Brandon, would you, would you mind? I'm just kind of throwing this on, on you. I, I didn't ask you before, so but but would you mind just kind of ending our time together in prayer? Well, I forgot to tell you in our friendship that I hate praying, but you know, <laughs> since you just threw it on me, I, right, I guess man. I'll do it. I'll just um, right. You have to get over it. <laughs> um, no, it's been my pleasure, and I really am grateful uh, eternally for your friendship. 
And thank you for having me on your podcast to have this discussion. I've enjoyed it like all of our other discussions. And maybe, you know, we can do this again sometime. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's pray. Our Father, we come to you now and we give thanks in two different time zones across the world. You have given us technology to communicate with one another, to use it for your name and your glory. And we are united together as Jesus prayed by the Holy Spirit across the world. And this is something to be humbled by and to be grateful for. I praise you, O God, for the sufficiency, the beauty, the complexity, the fullness, and the life-changing, transformational aspects of your word. I praise you that it doesn't return void and that if we come to it in faith, our minds can be illuminated and transformed more into the image of Christ and that the word of God changes our lives for the good that we can walk in the way of Christ and the love of Christ and the truth of Christ to share with those who we interact with on a daily basis. I thank you, God, for Josh and his faithfulness to your word, his faithfulness to the ministry that you have stewarded him with for his family. And I praise you, God, for my family and for the things that you have stewarded me with. I pray, God, that we would be humble men, as difficult as it is for us, because we are full of pride many times, uh, to steward the things that you have given us well and in grace. And I pray for those who are listening to this, that uh, you would challenge them, if they are followers of Jesus, to study your word, to submit to it more and more, and then it would transform their minds. And for those that are listening to this, that are on the fence about their belief, or maybe are unbelievers altogether, that the Holy Spirit would work in their hearts and their minds that you would bring someone into their life where they could have these challenging conversations in a healthy way. We praise you for all these things. And I pray, God, that we would go forth uh, in our lives as light shining in the darkness, doing good work.